0: And that's the nature of being in a small company. You literally are on this ocean of, of ups and downs all the time. And so um, it is an emotional ride like very, very few other things out there. And I think it's made harder by the fact that uh, the best entrepreneurs really have their identity tied up in the company that they are building.
1: Silicon Valley a place where passionate entrepreneurs and savvy investors have created more wealth and innovation than ever before seen on this planet. There's so much mythology surrounding this tiny yet influential place that it can be hard to tell fiction from fact. I'm George Soto, and this is Startups Unedited. Hey everyone, this is George Soto, and you're watching Startups Unedited, the documentary series where we get real and go super deep with some of the top players in the startup community. In this episode, we interview Kevin Spain of Emergence Capital to really find out what it's like to be a VC or venture investor in Silicon Valley. You gotta check it out. We're just trying to determine what is it to truly be a founder in Silicon Valley. But before we dive into that, if you don't mind just telling the folks a little bit about your background and how'd you get into venture investing? It was such a cool story. Yeah,
0: well, it's been a a long and winding path. Um, I first came out to Silicon Valley in uh, 1999. Uh, Came out here to start a company during that gold rush, which was a massive gold rush. Um, I was uh, 27 years old and decided that this was a great time to start a company, and of course a lot of other people had a very similar idea. Uh, We ended up starting, my co-founder and I ended up starting what essentially you could think of today as a SaaS company. It was a business that delivered uh, tools that allowed small and mid-sized companies to develop marketing plans online. And uh, we rode that wave up, and then all the way back down again, uh, it was an amazing ride, and it was fun. To, to build a business, to have an idea that you, you got other people excited about backing and investing in, uh, to learn how to convince other people beyond those initial investors to come on board and then ultimately to build a business. But we got taken down in the market along with a lot of other companies as you know the dot-com implosion happened. Yeah. Uh, I then went on to spend time in a few operating roles at larger companies. So I was at Electronic Arts here in Silicon Valley for a while, world's largest video game publisher, and then uh, went up to Seattle and worked at Microsoft. Uh, doing corporate development and strategy, uh, working with the entire executive team up there doing M&A and strategic investments, and then decided I really wanted to be back here. You know, I mean, this is where the action is. If you love entrepreneurship, if you love building companies, which was really my passion, yeah. um, I wanted to find my way back here and thought I would try my hand adventure um, because I'd done a little bit of that at Microsoft and because I felt like it would be uh, it would be an exciting thing to do, to yeah. work with lots of entrepreneurs and share some of the things that that I had learned as as an entrepreneur myself. And so uh, this September marks my 10 year anniversary in venture, Uh, all of that time has been spent here at Emergence Capital and uh, we are uh, 100% focused on enterprise technology, early stage, Uh, that's all we do and that's all I've been doing now for 10 years.
1: One of the first investors in salesforce.com Recent investments that I just love Sales Loft, Kyle Porter, and those folks in Atlanta. Great, great team. Oh, just great team. And
0: others as well. You know, Box was another investment yeah. of ours, uh, Yammer was yet another viva systems was yet another uh and and the list goes on and so uh we as a firm have been around now for just over a decade and uh so we ourselves are still entrepreneurs that's pretty young in the grand scheme of things as far as venture firms go so we feel like we're still building you know we're still creating our own our own future here which is sort of a part of the fun of being part of the team
1: what is it about silicon valley that's so amazing that actually brought you back from Seattle which yeah. at that time Microsoft was the you know in- innovative giant. giant yeah it was a giant I, so i think it's an inter- it's an
0: interesting question you know and um, seattle is an interesting market in the sense that you've got microsoft which is an amazing entrepreneurial success story and continues to be i think very innovative uh, you've got amazon clearly an amazing success crushing. story oh, crushing it and also incredibly innovative um, and you also have other, you know, innovative companies like Starbucks there too. So there's no shortage of innovation in Seattle. And by the way, no shortage of innovation in lots of other markets around the country as well. Absolutely. Many of which we invest in. You know, we've, got, we've got portfolio companies in Seattle and New York and Atlanta and Austin and so on. Um, but I think there is something very, very unique about what happens here in Silicon Valley. Um, the thing that is, is so uh, different to me here versus all those other locations is that building companies is
1: truly
0: part of the culture here. right? I mean, it is the air we breathe. And in many ways, if you're not part of that process in some way, if you're not uh, investing in companies or you're not part of a company that's fast growing or if you're not working on some really cool innovative project at a Google or a Facebook or what have you, you really feel, I think, a little bit like an outsider right here in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. I mean, the core is innovation. Yeah. And so to me, that's what makes this place so incredibly different. It's that uh, people want to be part of the core wherever they are, and that core is creating new and exciting and different things. And as long as that's the culture that you have in a, in a market, right, or in a region, I think that drives a very different kind of behavior and creates different kinds of um, you know, willingness to take risk. Uh, Creates different kinds of um, just you know a different kind of environment, frankly. And so I I haven't seen that anywhere else. As much as I love all these other startup hubs that are doing really amazing things, they don't have that depth of of startup culture at their very very core.
1: Is it a function of education? Is it a function of startup, uh, venture capital? You know what is it the just like where it is uh, on planet Earth? I mean what is it that that just kind of brings everyone what are some of those characteristics well
0: i think i think there's a lot of history behind it frankly i mean i think i I think you could look today and say well um you know we've got great universities that train great engineers and we've got sources of capital and we've got lots of smart people and we've got big innovative companies here you can also say those same things about a lot of other markets around the country but you still don't have that fundamental culture entrepreneurial culture innovative culture at the core, the true core of a lot of those markets. And so the reason I think that that is true here and maybe not as true in other markets is that there is this long history here, right? Going all the way back, if you think about the very, very early days of Silicon Valley, where you know, there were military contractors here that were doing at the time incredibly innovative things. And then obviously the semiconductor industry sort of grew alongside that. Fairchild. Fairchild and all of yeah. the others. Um, this goes way, way back. And in fact, you could even make an argument going even further back that you know California itself has always been incredibly innovative. I mean, think about the gold rush, yeah. right? That's what drew uh, most of the population of California out here initially. And so I think there is something just very fundamental. It's almost in the water right out here, even though you know, when you look at the, the tactical things around the market in Silicon Valley today, around again, universities, education, and people and funding, they look similar to other places. That culture at the core has really been created over the course of many, many decades here. And so my hunch is that in a lot of these other startup hubs outside of Silicon Valley, you will eventually see something similar develop, but it's just not the kind of thing that happens overnight.
1: What is the sort of most important characteristic that a founder, CEO, early stage, you know, we're talking, take it from this idea in the basement to you know series A, series B, really give you a chance to build a business. What are some of the more important characteristics that that individual should have based on your experience? To me, the number one determinant of
0: um, ultimate success as an entrepreneur is true passion for what you are building, for the problem you're solving for your customer, for your user. Um, The reason that is so important is that so many of the other things that you have to be able to do well as a entrepreneur hinge on having that passion at the core, in my opinion. So for example, uh, it goes without saying, you have to build an amazing product, right? well, how do you build an amazing product unless you have true passion and empathy right, for the person you're building it for? Uh, if you don't have passion, you won't sit down and really try to put yourself in the mind and in the head of that person you're building for, and you'll never actually get it quite right. Uh, passion's also critical because, let's face it, it's really hard right, to do this job of building a company. It is a lot of ups and a lot of downs, right, and you have to be able to ride that wave and come out the other side still ready to fight, right? And so there's this this drive that you have to have that in my view, again, comes back to this idea of having passion right behind the idea. It's also important to have passion because you have to be able to sell investors on the idea of coming on board and executives at coming on board and ultimately customers, you know, the initial customers. You as the entrepreneur, you're out there selling those customers initially. Uh, If you're not truly passionate about what you're doing, you're not gonna be able to bring those other people along with you, right, on your mission. And so uh, it's something that we talk about a lot here at Emergence, it's okay. something we look for, and it's something that to me is just abundantly apparent. right? When we meet an entrepreneur who is truly passionate about the mission they're on, the thing they wanna build, what they're creating and building for their customers, um, it's there in the first 60 seconds right, that we meet them. and. When we look at the most successful entrepreneurs that we backed, every single one of them has had that in-
1: incredibly intense passion for what they're doing. So it's no surprise that Silicon Valley and startups is a big sort of topic on, in the media. Sure. You see all the news outlets are writing. They all have a startup section on their, on their website these days. Of you course. see HBO, Bravo TV, mm-hmm. all these folks. I'm not sure that it's an accurate a depiction of what the reality is uh, you know for us for the 9 out of 10 founders mm-hmm. whose company doesn't quite work out mm-hmm. what is the reality of being a founder like what does that day look like
0: well so so i want to come back to the, the 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 observation you made that this is really becoming part of the bigger the the broader culture i think in 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 the world so at least in the united states today cuz i think there's there's a reason for that which i want to come back to um, but but to your direct question, which is what is it like to be a founder, it's just really really hard, right? It's really hard every day. You are fighting for your life. I've been a founder myself, right? And um, I know my own experience was you relished those days when you got a a, a, a bit of good news, right? Um, those days you had to hold on to. You had to remember because there were apt to be a number of days where you had a lot of bad news, right? And that's the nature of being in a small company. You literally are on this ocean of of ups and downs all the time. And so um, it is an emotional ride like very, very few other things out there. And I think it's made harder by the fact that uh, the best entrepreneurs really have their identity tied up in the company that they are building. So it is very, very hard. I knew this was true for me. It was very hard for me to separate myself from the ups and downs that were happening inside of the business every day. Why? Because this this was my baby. This was the thing that I was co-creating. Uh, and every time there was, a, there was a low, I felt that low on a very personal level. So I think that's something else. Again, back to this notion of passion. If you're really passionate about what you're doing, you're gonna feel those emotions much more strongly than you would if you were able to actually separate yourself from it. But I, I think that is the plight of being an entrepreneur, right? If you're a great entrepreneur, you are incredibly, inexorably tied to what you are creating and building, and so it makes it, makes it a, an exciting ride at times and a very rough one at others.
1: How do you prepare yourself if you're an early stage founder who maybe built an app or is trying to solve a problem and now is moving forward and pursuing the idea how do you prepare yourself for those emotional ups and downs is it a function of just doing it and failing and getting back up or is there some sort of you know training or or mechanism of i say sometimes finding resolve or detaching yourself from the outcome
0: yeah i think if you can that's great i think it's hard right it's very hard to do um i think there are there are some tactical things that that entrepreneurs can do to prepare themselves for that um, one is to have an amazing support system around you. You know, friends, family, people who are really truly supportive of what you're doing, will listen to you, uh, won't necessarily always give you feedback or thoughts. Sometimes it's better that they don't, but frankly are there to just sort of sort of take it in and sort of give you that, that backup and that support and tell you that everything is gonna be okay. Um, I think it's also important that you have that similar kind of support from your co-founders, right? You have people who uh, who are alongside you who uh, are understanding and supportive because at different points in time you may be feeling high and someone else may be feeling low and vice versa. It's great to have people who are actually involved with you in the business who can also be part of your support system. I think that's really critical. And so when you're out choosing the people you wanna start a company with, I think that's really something really interesting to think about. It's like, is this somebody who I know is gonna have my back and is gonna be there for me in those really, really challenging times? Um, so I think that's something else. Um, I do also think finding an ability to, uh, as much as you can, separate yourself from what is going on in the business, whether that's you know, taking on something like meditation or having a practice of just getting away one day a month, uh, ideally more, but if you can even pull away one day a month and go somewhere and just be in a quiet place so that you can reflect and get yourself out of the bubble that is Silicon Valley and outside of the business, I think that can be very, very helpful. Um, but I think in practice that becomes very yeah. challenging as you're as you're sort of working almost twenty four seven on the company. So those are some tactical things awesome. uh, that I would probably probably point out. Um, but back to something that you hit on, yeah. which is um, how you know, the
1: whole startup thing it's is sort of become yeah. it's
0: become such a such a big deal, right? In in at least the U.S. and probably globally, um, I think there's a, there's a really there's something really interesting happening in Silicon Valley right now, and that is. Um, we used to be a place where you know, tools were created, where technologies were created that helped other businesses do things better. Right? If you think about the PC, right, that's what it was. right? You build a PC, you sell it to a big company, that makes that company more efficient. Um, even think about companies like um, you know, um, you know, SAP, I know they're not Silicon Valley based, but big enterprise software companies, they're basically selling tools or selling software to help other companies do things better. Increasingly, what you're finding is that companies in Silicon Valley are actually recreating industries, right? I mean, think about, you know, Elon Musk with Tesla and SpaceX, and those are just a couple of examples. Um, Peter Thiel has sort of thrown down the gauntlet and said we're not we're not pursuing big enough ideas right here in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. And so, as a result of that, and just sort of this idea that we can almost do anything here, um, you've got entrepreneurs here now that are starting to think about how we can recreate entire industries. And so, I think. Silicon Valley has sort of risen to almost a, a the next level of importance, right? Because it's not just about selling bits, right? Or selling widgets, right, to other industries to help them do business better. We're now thinking about how to do those industries better ourselves, ourselves. right? And so there's a world where potentially big parts of the economy are actually, um, you know, I wouldn't say dominated, but there's certainly uh, run by some companies that are here in Silicon Valley, that are they're taking technology-driven approaches, right, to solving problems uh, in big
1: industries, not just assuming those industries will figure it out on their own. Yeah. You've invested in a ton of fantastic businesses, early stage, when it's like under 10 employees. Yep. What are the sort of more, more most important components or attributes or characteristics of that early team? that allow you to actually get to the next level? Yeah. Well, so I think think you have
0: to have an ability to build fantastic product, right, that is uh, very clearly aligned with what customers want. Um, If if you can't do that, if that's not at the core of your company's DNA, at the core of the culture, as a technology company, you'll never make it. So we look for strong technology talent, strong engineering talent, um, and a real understanding uh, and passion for, as I was saying earlier, the problem the customer has and a desire to solve that problem. I mean, if you don't start there, you'll you'll never get anywhere. Um, I think think beyond that, um, there are lots of other recipes, frankly. I mean, I've seen great founding teams that happen to have someone who is really good at initial go-to-market strategy, as an example. I've seen other founding teams that don't have that at all, right? And yet, because they've built such a great initial product, they've made a lot of progress, right, in terms of landing initial customers and starting to scale revenue. Uh, I've seen initial founding teams that have you know, really deep domain expertise in a particular area that they're, that they're going after as a company mm-hmm. do great. I've also seen founding teams that don't have that at all, right? So I think in, you know, if you sort of go outside of that core of great product and passion mm-hmm. for, the, for, for the solving the customer problem,
1: there are lots of different permutations. Got it. Yeah, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. I really George. appreciate My it. My pleasure. You know, I always love to see you, and, <laughs> and you've been so. I mean, speak of, uh, of an entrepreneur reaching out. I reached out to you years ago about some crazy idea I that I was working on. So it's it's really, you know, a blessing to be in this area at this time in history yeah. and having you know a, an opportunity to see, I, I think the future being shaped. Yeah. And uh, organizations like yours and the founders, the 40 plus founders that we've spoken to over the last two weeks, they've really inspired us and we hope that we can inspire folks who are sitting at home with an idea and maybe just wanna sort of test something or, or to test their curiosity. We want right. to inspire those folks to get off, I don't want to say the couch, but you know yeah. wherever they're at, yes. if they choose, right? right? Just inspire them with the energy and the motivation to do that. And then the early stage founders, who mm-hmm. maybe this is their first or second rodeo, and maybe they haven't had the successes because they made some of the rookie mistakes. You know, Part of this documentary was really being able to tell the reality of the story and mm-hmm. hopefully help those folks build better, greater, more you know, scalable businesses, right? It's we like topic. to talk about scalability. So yeah. thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure, I really thanks, appreciate for, it. thanks for interviewing me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. Well, oh, thanks man. so much. Yeah, yeah, you bet, you bet. There are a lot of times where I have no clue what the heck I'm doing. Uh, and I think that's gonna be a, uh, pretty common across a lot of people. And it's just a matter of constantly learning and learning as fast as you can. I think you bring a skill set, a, a skillset, natural skill set already. But yeah, I mean, there are moments where it's like, you know something, and you're doing a great job, and then you kind of hit this wall and you plateau, right? And then there's like opportunities for you to learn. And, but in those moments when you're hitting the, the wall, you start, all the self-doubt kicks in. Um, you don't believe in yourself. You're like, oh, I'm not the right person for the job. Like, oh God, what am I doing? I'm gonna fail.